we have something very, very exciting. We have two of the primary participants in New Japan's biggest event. Uh, why don't you tell the folks about it? Well, uh, a call was made out on the social media internet, and we answered from El Fantasmo and Hikaleo that they were doing some meet and greet with the uh, the podcast world. <laughs> and they had decided to join us and give us some of their time. And so we're going to bring them on right now and waste no more time. And welcome to Hikaleo and ELP. Hey, what's up, guys? What up? We're very happy to have the NJPW Strong Open Weight Tag Team Champions on the show with us. And, uh, gentlemen, we're just going to start with this. A huge show coming up, of course, January 4th, Wrestle Kingdom 18. Title versus title. Your strong open weight titles against the IWGP World Heavyweight titles. So after a year of a, a lot of changes and things going on with where you guys are aligned, and th you're in one of the biggest matches of the year on one of the biggest shows of the year, title versus title, uh, it's a bit overwhelming. How are you feeling going into this one? You've been in the Wrestle Kingdom stage before, but this is a huge match for both of you. Yeah, ELP has been on the Wrestle Kingdom stage before. This will be my first main right. card appearance. Main card, yeah, true. That's right. Yeah. So how are you feeling about it? I mean, this is this is a, a big match in a big spot, and you're with uh, two of the very best in the world. Some say the Bishamon's the best tag team in the world. So uh, it, it must be very exciting being in this kind of position in this spot. Uh, could you talk to us a little bit about how you how you prepare for a match of this magnitude? Yeah, well, uh, as you can see, I have a straw up my nose. Oh. <laughs> as I just had a, like a deviated septum fix from uh, numerous uh, broken noses over the course of my career. Oh, wow. And then also my uh, shoulder and neck have been fucked up from Tag League and the G1. So I'm not on the best uh, path to the Tokyo Dome uh, physically wise, but uh, mentally we're excited. We're, uh, yeah, our, uh, our, the biggest match of both of our careers for sure inside the Tokyo Dome with an opportunity to finally uh, ascend to that next level in New Japan. Uh, whether we do or not, that remains to be seen. But, you know, after beating Bishamon at Corkin Hall and uh, barely losing to them in the finals, uh, we're feeling pretty good going into the Tokyo Dome. Uh, I haven't won a match inside the Tokyo Dome in five or six years, but hmm. hey, there's a first for everything, right, boys? I think it, I think money's on you guys, in, in my opinion. The momentum is in the direction of the Gorillas of Destiny. Um I got a question about the way you two uh, lined up with each other. You guys both have a little, uh, little bit of crazy in you. Uh, ELP, you're you're willing to go a little nuts in the ring, and Hikaleo, you're willing to destroy your body in a multiple different ways. Did that? <laughs> do you encourage each other to go a little like crazier because you want to one up each other? Are you on the same page? You know, you'll pick away. You'll be. You're willing to take a fall off the rafters in order to, uh, in order to win your title. But it didn't work out that way. ELP, you'll do a Who's Your Daddy match with Shingo Takagi and uh, make it entertaining. So, what's your mentality working with each other and just being fun and creative in the ring and how that's gonna uh, bring you success? You know, I I totally forgot about that rafter table bump. I feel like. The more times I bring out a table, the more I get put through the table. That's a, yeah. this is the second time now I brought out a table. Damn, bro, you got to stop doing that. Yeah. We should have just, just used the chairs, bro. Just fucking sabu the shit out of them. 
amazing how often off the top rope i would have never gone off the top rope if it wasn't for elp so he does push me i was wondering way. about that yeah you know when the first time it didn't work out i was like you know what let me try it myself and you doing a thunder team. kick off the top rope will, and then your poor knees my man your poor knees how are you feel are, are you ever going to try that one again oh yeah Oh okay. yeah, of course. I keep, that seems like a Tokyo Dome moment. Like uh -huh. if, if it were up to me, I'd see I'd see a thunder kiss like that off the Tokyo. Dome. Both of you doing a thunder kiss. Now I know why he does it, man. The rush you get for being up there. When he held me out there for a second, I was like, "Damn, this is pretty damn cool." And then I jumped, and the rope slipped. The rope like uh, rolled. They spin. Yeah, they spin. So my foot slipped on it, and I didn't get my full. You know, I didn't get to spread the wings as much as I wanted to. But you know, being well, with ELP, to see it'll happen again. <laughs> yeah, being with ELP, man, it, you definitely it work up the courage to push the limits. Well, I, you know, I wanted to just go back a little bit here with you guys. You said this is a, the, you said yourselves, the biggest match of your career coming up, but it's been a long journey. Uh, both of you have been a part of the New Japan system in one way or another for years. So, Fantasmo, for you, I know uh, it started a little bit with Rev Pro. You had a couple of matches when New Japan came over to England uh, and you appeared on those. And then, you know, boom, in 2019, you're in Best of Super Juniors. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about how you and New Japan came to be on each other's radar, how you got your first run there? Uh, was How did that all come together? Yeah, it was all thanks to RevPro. You know, I moved from Canada, went to England, uh, had no bookings in, the, in England except through RevPro, through Kyle O'Reilly, who got me that first match against David Starr. And then uh, just kept grinding and hustling and then uh, i remember new japan came over for like a super strong style tour in england and they did the first night in milton Keynes, and then they did the second night in manchester and uh, i wasn't on the first one but i was on the second one and it was like a, a four-way with me david star uh taiji ishimori and tiger mask and uh you know i kind of showed out showed up did the rope walk moonsault, did a coast to coast, uh, got my shit in as Brian Cage would say. And, you know, I think kind of got some big reactions from that big crowd that had never seen me before, which, uh, I think definitely turned a couple heads backstage, but that was also at the time that, uh, like Kushida just left new Japan and NXT UK was starting. So a lot of the UK guys were going to NXT UK. And it was just kind of like the right place at the right time that New Japan needed a new junior and that they have the alliance with RevPro. And, you know, I was a, a loyal RevPro guy in my time in England. And then they gave me a match with uh, El Desperado at your call. That uh, was a lot of fun. And then they gave me uh, the British Jacob with Liger. And, you know, uh, my biggest thing was like, let's just not hurt Liger and let's take care of him and have fun. And then, you know, ended up yeah. winning the whole tournament, which was crazy. And then, you know, then I kind of felt like, oh, they were kind of testing me and they, they sent Rocky to wrestle me, you know, just, they just kept slowly sending guys to see if I could hang with them. And, you know, the whole reason of leaving Canada going to the UK was to show that I could wrestle the best wrestlers in the world at a top level. And, you know, right place, right time that uh, they offered me a deal.
Well, it shows, I'm sorry, it shows the the faith they had in you because you look at the names you just listed, the people you wrestled very early in your New Japan run, some of the very best they had, some of the all-time legends. So they must have uh, felt comfortable with you uh, right away, and Uh, and that's testament to the way you did show up, like you said. Yeah, well, it's also funny that uh, they originally only offered me like a three-month deal to do the best of Super Juniors and maybe Super Junior Tag League, but that was also right as AEW was starting, and... uh, I wrestled Cody Rhodes and Tony Khan was there and they offered me a deal to go to AEW. Uh, But that was before anybody kind of knew what it was. And then I was fucking went from one day being a, an unknown indie wrestler in the UK to have multiple contracts offers. Uh, And, you know, at the end of the day, new Japan asked first and that's what my decision came down to was they asked first, they wanted me first. Uh, yeah, it was funny that I was texting Cody Rhodes on WhatsApp and then he didn't respond. And then uh, I was like, Cody, like, uh, I kind of like need to talk to you. And he didn't respond. And then Rocky got the U- uh, the Japanese visa. And then they're like, hey, we want you in Bullet Club. I was like, shit, I can't say no to that. And then uh, but they, if you ever talk to Cody, he's like, oh, I've only ever used WhatsApp for one person because like I don't have like iMessage or anything. Mm-hmm. And like that was like the funny story that uh, – Tony Khan was like, hey, what, what's going on? And I was like, well, he didn't respond to me on WhatsApp. And then he fucking called Cody backstage in front of everybody. He's like, what's going on with ELP? And I was like, dude, uh, like, you didn't respond on WhatsApp. He's like, oh, shit, I don't. Like, you're the only person I talked to on WhatsApp, so he forgot to check it. And, you know, yeah. it's kind of it, it was kind of a funny story. Right place, right time, like you said. And Hikaleo, I wanted to ask you. Now, you had uh, trained originally with the Dudleys in Florida, correct? It was That was before you were with the dojo, but... Uh, of course, you have a lot of ties with your family uh, to New Japan Pro Wrestling between you know, Haku, Tama Tonga, Tangaloa, the rest. Uh, was the goal always New Japan, even when you were training with the Dudleys in Florida? Or was that something that uh, you thought, maybe I'll forge my own path, and then you ended up there? I mean, what, what was that story? Uh, yeah, New Japan was always the plan, um, especially with the heavy influence of my dad. He was like, that's the place you need to go. You need to learn from there, start out from there. And... Um, yeah, that we caught wind that they were doing a show in New Zealand. Uh, and so Tom was like, let's get you down there and train at the father had his was just starting a school. There's only two of us there oh. and hopefully get a look. But I had originally sent my stuff into New Japan probably in 2000, 2015. Uh, but they weren't accepting any more people. They said they had too many foreigners. I think they had Jay Finley juice and maybe cody hall in the dojo and they're like there were just too many foreigners during that time so i waited like another year and that's when the show down in zealand happened and that's when they uh, we flew down there i trained with Fale for like three months and that's when the show came over and uh who was it? i think it was hattori he was over there first he's like why don't we try and have you over there for three to six months in the dojo to see what you can do and what sucked was that I had my first match against uh, Aaron Hanare. And he does a kicking thing. And he, what do you call it, fractured my forearm. And this was November 2016. And I was set to go to Japan in 2017, January. So I was really nervous about that. But I guess I showed enough fighting spirit 
where I was doing push-ups, doing all like the workouts with the cast on my forearm. That they, you're doing push-ups with the cast on your arm? Oh my yeah. Goodness. Well, at first I didn't. I was kayfaving it. I was like, I can do it without it. But I was just like <laughs> screaming. Like when it kind of rips out, I was just screaming my head off because it hurt so much. And Tom was like, "Don't, don't show, don't show your weakness. Don't tell him you're hurt." And then finally, one day we're in the ring and we're trying to do like um, handstands or whatnot. And it just finally just gave out from the pressure. And they're like, what's wrong with it? I was like, I think, uh, you know, I took a wrong bump during one of the training sessions. And so they took me to the hospital and they showed like, it was like completely like a little bump there now, but that's besides the point. They just, they were like, you know, you've been hiding this for what, two or three months. We love the fighting spirit in you. We'll, we'll keep you for a little bit more. And so the rest is history after that. And you you had an ACL tear fairly early in your career, also correct that you had to you had to have surgery and come back from or out a long time. So with those early injuries and th- you must have really impressed with just your persistence because that would have run a lot of guys out. I guess so. Um, yeah, a year after uh, I came to the dojo, 2018, I tore my ACL and I was out for like six months. And then they were like, you know what, the LA jo- dojo was just starting out, and Shibata had just become the coach. Now, let's send you over there, see how you get back into ring shape. And luckily, Shibata's training methods were just really up to date. It was American-style type training, and he kind of kept it easy on me. But, um, yeah, I guess I guess you say I was persistent, but it was kind of like I didn't want to go back to my job at working for, like, a warehouse or, you know, working for, like, pennies or whatnot. You know, why not try and force the, the dream and just accept this little pain for now? So it worked out, I would say. Jeremy, you have anything? You know, I was just wondering. So this is fantastic. And this isn't <laughs> the first time that you guys have decided to coordinate your outfits and uh, get a reaction out of people rather than uh, just come up with a little bit of swag. You have a swag in a different way. Are you planning on going into Wrestle Kingdom decked out in LED lights between the two of you? Just head to toe the Gorilla's Destiny with the El Fantasmo vibe. Do you have a do you have a flair for Wrestle Kingdom planned? Uh kind of. I don't think we're gonna do a costume as we kind of want to take Wrestle Kingdom a little seriously. Okay. Uh but it was funny that uh I kind of had that idea in Las Vegas against Monster Sauce. I kind of like tweeted. I was like, oh, you guys better not outdrip us. And I had them like really worried about uh, what we were going to wear. And then, you know, Zane kept uh, or like Alex Zane came dressed up in like Gucci and gold. And we showed up in like jeans and a T-shirt. And he's like, what the hell? Like, I thought you guys were going to have like a big, uh, big drip on. But uh, we didn't tell them that we had the Bert and Ernie costume in the backpack. <laughs> and we didn't, uh, we didn't like bring it out until they had already gone out and their music played. So like when their music was already out there, then we like quickly put it on and then all like Shingo and Rocky saw us back and started popping huge. And, you know, it was just one of those things. And then uh, that. And you're just both on board with this. It's just like, just <laughs> yeah, energy with well, the original, I, the original plan was like, I wanted to be Oscar the Grouch and he was going to be big bird, but I couldn't, I couldn't find uh a costume that was like big enough for me they had a big big bird one but they didn't have any oscar the grouch in my size mm-hmm. so i was like fuck what are we gonna do and then bird and ernie i was like oh that'll that'll be funny and then great. uh yeah then i was then we knew we were gonna do the uh 
tag league press conference. It's like, oh, let's do like Christmas elves and give out little presents and stuff and have Jado son dress up as Santa and he can do ho 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 and you know they'll like you know they'll be funny and you know no, nobody in Japan is really like used to that. You know, they're like, I, I can't believe you guys do this. And you're like, well, wrestling's still entertainment. Like you're not we're not just gonna come in jeans and a t-shirt and say we're gonna have a good fight. Like we like to have fun and you know, there was a whole bunch of people there and had people chanting at the at the press conference. So that was a lot of good, but I think for Wrestle Kingdom we're just gonna wear something sort of nice. Okay. I I do have like a I have a custom outfit being made from a, a fashion friend, but it's yeah, not a costume or anything. It's, it's just swag, maybe press conference, you know. There's there's gonna be some swag to it, but it's definitely no Halloween costume for the biggest show of the year. Fair enough. The next one, the next one though. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did you do it i got a huge assist from grammarly an ai writing partner that helped me make my point 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right. What do you got, Steven? On a more serious note here, uh, ELP, you'd mentioned the injuries and how uh, those have piled up. Now, that happens to everybody, whether you're junior heavyweight, heavyweight, or anything, but what I was curious about, since you spent a long time as as a junior in, in New Japan and working that style... Have you had to make much of an adjustment as a heavyweight wrestler now to your to your working style, or is that, uh, or are you just trying to wrestle like the same way? Or uh, obviously the guys are bigger. That's that's there. But you wrestled heavyweights when you were still in the junior division. So how has that changed as you moved up? Obviously, maybe you're just getting hit by bigger guys, or is it? Uh, have you adjusted? Yeah, it's definitely been an adjustment. I've definitely been getting injured more in the heavyweight style than I did the juniors. But I think that just might be like the wear and tear. But uh, there's definitely a different like psychology and tempo to the heavyweight matches. And I was always annoyed that like the the juniors just don't get treated with the same respect as the heavyweights do. Like 
if we're in a six man me Ishimori and Chase, like Chase would get the top billing in the music when we're the tag champions. You're like, yeah. well, what the fuck? Nobody cares about Chase. People care about us. <laughs> like, why do they automatically get perceived bigger than us? Which was always a little annoying to me. But uh, something I never talked about is I actually tore my MCL in the Shingo feud in the match at Ria Goku. Yeah, which sucked because. Sure. Like we had that, we had the G one match, which was great, and then we were gonna do the the rematch, which ended up being a Who's Your Daddy match, which I was like, okay, this is a little weird, but we'll make it work. I, I think we all thought it was weird, but now that you said it, yeah. yeah. It well, when, when they're like, oh, you're just gonna call Shingo Daddy, and I remember like the Good Brothers and Jay were in the locker room, and I like looked over, I was like, what the fuck? Like, is this a rib? And I was like, whatever, we'll make it work and 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 have it. But yeah, like the first five minutes of that Shingo match, I tore my MCL and, and my meniscus and then had to like wrestle on that. And then I was like, fuck guys, like, uh, I don't know if I can do this. And then we had to do like a street fight in New York, but right. without yeah. that was that, but that was very like smoke and mirrors. Like if you like rewatch it, like I couldn't bend my knee and be like very careful, but I was very lucky that I didn't have to get surgery and I could kind of just work through it and adapt to it. But then, uh, like, this past G1, I had like the issues with my neck and shoulder that I kind of sold throughout that tournament and then it kind of reappeared uh, during tag league. But uh, yeah, that like that hurt more in tag league than it did during the G1. I think this this tag league schedule was so hard on everyone's bodies that we were all beat up. Like it was like 18 matches in like 21 days and travel days and like that's why the finals went 40 minutes because we were just so beaten and exhausted that like it sucks and then haven't been to the gym since that and then just to have like this nose getting fixed like it's not the most ideal time when uh it's wrestle kingdom season but like these are the only times you could get these things done so hopefully we can make it to wrestle kingdom get out of there and then we'll be 100 percent for the new beginning whether we're well, the champions or not i will say your performances were such that I wouldn't have known any of that thing until you disclosed it. So you hide it well. Um, when you talk about like the 40 minute match, I want to know from both of you, Hickaway, I think you've had like a 25 minute match with Jay White and Fantastical. You've had, I think like a 30 minute match. So was it harder to do a tag match for 40 minutes or go solo for 25 or 30 minutes for each of you? Solo for sure. Okay. Like with the tag with the tag matches, you still have that little bit of time when the other guys run in their their hot comeback or you know, they're doing a little control that you can kinda like tag out and catch your breath. But I think that also that you get hyped up in your head that I get more gassed up in tag matches than I do singles matches because you know you have to work so hard then you have that little period of time to like recover. But like there there was some matches on this tour that are like I'd do like the first five minutes, touch him. He'd do a little thing. And then like, it'd be 30 seconds. He'd be touching me back in. You're like, shit, bro. I'm not ready. Stay in there a little bit. I got to get my breath. Mm. It, gets to it, be, like, it gets to be like high intensity interval training almost with the way it, you basically, guys it, basically it is. And then when, uh, when you're just wrestling every day, you can't train properly. And these fucking Japanese hotels are shit. You're sleeping on concrete. You can't like recover. Like it's brutal, man. Mm. And it's difficult that not everybody's watching every every show to like see the little stories that we're telling in the tournament. They just see the finals and like, why did these guys go forty minutes? Well, it's because everyone's beat to fucking injured and the exhaustion. That if you followed it, then you'd understand why it went long. 
But yeah, uh, it's like bringing you guys in, beating Bishamon immediately, and then putting you guys on the level. And and it was like a full sport win, shaking the hands. Uh, it there was a lot of surprise that uh, it ended up being you guys coming back again, and now you guys are going to have a rubber match. And so I think what you guys have taken is a very interesting what was a subplot and turn it into the main plot of the entire tag division and just kind of uh, sifted from the actions of everybody else and said, hey, we are the guys like right now. So I just thought it was really interesting how your stories ended up just being quiet until it just, it, 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 it emerged from everybody. And I, I credit you guys for uh, picking your moment properly in, in, the, in the certain view. What the, I get a question here for I'll go with Hikaleo for this one. Challenges when you're doing a third high-profile match against the same opponent now in the biggest stage of all. Uh, it, what kind of work do you do to try to make sure that each match is a little bit different from one another? And especially what, what's neat about these two tag teams are Yoshihashi and Goto are two very different wrestlers just as a great tag team. Same thing with you guys, different styles, different sizes. Uh, you know, so uh, there are a lot that brings with it a lot of variables you can work with. But of course you want to make this one, you want to keep upping the ante each time. Uh, we'll talk about the challenges as far as just making your matches interesting and unique each time out. I think we just go back and, and watch the last two matches we had together from Korokin and Kumamoto. You go back and study it and see what some of the things we hit that was really, really good as tag teams or some of the things that we missed that we should have hit. Um, like, I know we're definitely planning on me going on top rope again, doing something special with that or, you know, or not. We plan, you basically just study film and see the different, where they adjusted for the last match and how we could adjust it better. And I think at Wrestle Kingdom is just the atmosphere is going to be to another level as well. It's going to be higher than it was at Kumamoto, of course. And so you just got to bring a different type of energy and the type of training style we do now in these two weeks that we have off to get ready for uh, Tokyo Dome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to be a lot more rested for Wrestle Kingdom than we were for the finals. But, you know, we know we, we can beat them. They know they can beat us. Uh, and I think you know, with that atmosphere, like, I think, I don't think a lot of the Western fans realize how like how over we are in Japan right now to the West or to the Japanese audience. Like yeah. they, they can't keep our towels stocked and our like the blue gorillas of destiny shirts are like always like one of the top sellers at each show. Uh, we have a, we have a, a crazy connection with the fans right now that I think, uh, you know, on paper, maybe people aren't very excited for it on the Western side, but I think the Japanese people are, are stoked for it. You know, Bishamon's the best tag team in New Japan right now. We're the fastest rising tag team in New Japan right now. I think throughout Tag League, War Dogs got elevated. TMDK got elevated. Uh, Taichi and Yuya looked great out there. Monster Sauce did great. You know, there's a lot of these tag teams that are now kind of all at the same level. And we're all chomping at Bishamon's uh, uh, feet. And, you know, Maybe it's not the the story that I would have wanted or the path we would have wanted to Wrestle Kingdom, but uh, they chose us for the title versus title winner take all, which kind of is like the most stakes you can do at the biggest show of the year. So, you know, I'm not going to complain about it, but, you know, I think it's going to be exciting. 
this past year, the fans really have taken to both of you. Of course, start of the year with Bullet Club, there was the whole skepticism with David Finlay, the Jay White turn, all that stuff, all that story that kind of led to it. But once all that triggered, I, each time there were hints that you guys might be on the way, either leaving Bullet Club or kicked out of Bullet Club, however it worked out. The fans were with you guys almost from the beginning. Did you did you sense that very early on that, oh, this is going to work maybe better than I thought it would? Uh, I don't, I don't know. For me, I think it was simple just cause I had my brothers already on this side, on the, yeah. on the baby face side, on the Hontai GOD side. So I think it was, I knew my time was coming eventually to leave Jay's side. So it wasn't too much of a surprise or maybe it was a surprise because it was a uh, loser leaves Japan match. And there was all the news outlets about who was going over to WWE or not. And so I think, yeah, it, it, it was, I actually forgot what the question was. What was the <laughs> were, question? Were, were you, were you surprised at how quickly the fans took to you though? Like, and just kind of connected with you on that level where it just seemed like early on, they were just like, come on, Hikaleo, you're with us. Right. You know, they, oh, yeah, they yeah, really yeah. seemed if to you, take to you. Yeah. If you remember that, I, there, it was a special moment though. When, um, in Kobe, when I switched, over i left jay and went over to tama and we did that big embrace that was that caught me really off guard uh, we were just both in the ring and we hugged and it was kind of like a, a relief like tama needed that like he had been beaten up he had been betrayed all year and finally have some good to have some brotherly love to have love finally like family come over i think that was a huge reaction from the fans but i really didn't connect with the fans until i started teaming with elp even when i came over to god i still had that bullet club mindset uh, just go into the ring, beat guys up, get the W and, and bounce. But it wasn't until, when was it, October that we started teaming up that you really understand, like, oh, let's give back to the fans. Let's embrace them for supporting us. Um, even after we had been, you know, in Bullet Club, being these bad guys, doing all the crappy shit that we did, it's now we embrace them and thank them for what the support they've given to us. How about you, ELP? Because you were one of those guys in Bullet Club where you a lot of the fans and I, we would hear from here on the show. They were just like, "Man, I, I can't stand Bullet Club, but I like it. I like Fantasmal's matches." You know, like there was a lot of that. So when you switched and went over to their side, seems like they were they were ready for it. Uh, did you sense that also? Yeah, it was brewing for a while. You know, it was me, Kenta, and Ishimori that were getting huge uh, fan favorite reactions every time we came out, and then. You know, chasing those guys wouldn't, but uh, I was like, hey, man, like maybe we have something here. Like, you know, there's there's never been like a a fan favorite babyface Bullet Club run. Why don't we Why don't we go with that? Everyone expects us just to be bad guys, but you know, we're already so organically getting these reactions. Let's see what could happen. And then uh, the whole thing with Finley happened, and then they kicked me out. I'm kind of glad that they did because then we could capitalize on. Uh, these fan reactions, but I remember it was Cork and Hall, uh, New Japan Cup against Naito that uh, I was like, are you guys noticing this? Like there's more ELP chance than there is Naito chance. <laughs> and that was when I was in, uh, in Bullet Club and I like got backstage. I was like, do you like, do you guys notice? Like, like I was more over than Naito tonight. And they're like, yeah. And then I had the match with Tama that had Osaka rumbling. And then 
got kicked out and they had the match with Finley, they had Osaka rumbling and then the G1 match with Osprey and I wrestled Okada in, in like a country town in the G1 and there was more ELP chance than there was Okada chance, which I was like, Oh shit, like shit's kind of popping off here. And then, uh, you know, when we finally like kind of like all embraced after the G1 and like started hanging out with GOD and then, when we won the tag titles at Ria Goku, I was like, God damn, man, these fans are like behind us. And my whole big thing was like wrestling throughout the pandemic was so difficult for us wrestling like in front of clap crowds, but like the fans had to pay money to come to these shows where they couldn't cheer. They couldn't boo. They had to clap like clapping fucking sucks for three hours. Like try clapping for 10 minutes. Like it's awful. Like these, they were clapping for three hours. You you couldn't drink. You couldn't sit beside your friends. I was like, man, the fans deserve more respect than we do. Like it sucks for us to wrestle, but it sucks for them to come and like watch these shows that they can't react to. Like why would you? Why would you come? Like it fucking sucks. So then once we start, once we had like the uh, the COVID restrictions lifted, I was like, hey man, I'm gonna start fist bumping these kids and you know giving them hugs and you know these guys deserve the respect from us just for sticking with us and then you know i think they realized all the uh all the bullshit i went through during covid of staying in japan that whole time that they're kind of like hey I, we appreciate what he did and you know kind of mutual and you know it all kind of happened organically jeremy you have anything uh, I just wanted to say thank you guys for coming on to the show. Uh, we You've been on for about 30 minutes, which is about what we planned for. Uh, really want to appreciate you guys. Do you have any plugs, any websites, any social media that you want to move forward on uh, before we let you go? If you want to see some behind-the-scenes stuff from all the tours, everything we do, uh, even Tokyo Dome should have some good stuff, check out my Patreon, patreon.com, backslash Seagoose Hub. And yeah, all social medias are Hiku underscore Leo, H-I-K-U underscore L-E-O on all the social medias. What was that Patreon? I'm going to advertise it after you take off. Uh, uh, Patreon.com backslash Hiku's Hub, H-I-K-U-S-H-U-B. Just one word? Yep. Great. Well, I ain't got nothing to plug. Go on his Patreon. I pop up on there. I know if you guys are uh, coming to Tokyo Dome, we're going to have a little get-together for everyone who's over in Tokyo, probably on, like, the 3rd or something, which will be cool for anyone uh, coming to Japan. But, yeah, thanks for supporting us, Wrestle Kingdom, January 4th. It's not guaranteed it's going to work on New Japan World, so you might as well buy some plane tickets and buy a ticket and come to the Tokyo Dome just so you can see it for I sure. I like it on but, Apple uh, TV, but yeah. it's a little spotty out there. Seamless transition. Seamless transition. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. You know, we don't need to get into that. That's a whole other can of apples. But yes, it is. Yeah, uh, that's the best. Uh, I would like to finish with saying we'd love to have you back anytime. Thank you for coming on to the show, and best of luck to you moving forward. Hey. No problem. Thanks, boys. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays. Happy you holidays. too. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.